Eleanor Kennedy, Assistant Managing Editor at Columbus Business First, and this is Crisis Management, a podcast about seeing your business through the coronavirus crisis. In this episode, you'll hear me chat with Heather Whaling, Founder and President of Gebbin Communications. Heather founded her business during the Great Recession, so managing through crisis isn't a totally new experience for her. But she has been forced to make tough decisions, including laying off a few team members, while helping clients navigate a rapidly changing environment that's thrown everyone's Q2 marketing plan into chaos. Listen in to hear not only about Heather's own experience running a business amid a pandemic, but also for her advice on how business owners could communicate effectively with their employees during this challenging time. set the scene for me in terms of what life at Gebbin looked like before there was a global pandemic. <laughs> did you all, did you do a lot of remote work? Were you in an office? Sort of just tell me what that is like and then we'll talk about how everything changed. So at Gebbin, we have an office in downtown Columbus where most of our people work. I've got 27 employees um, and everybody was in the office, but we have a very flexible schedule. So we encourage people pre-pandemic, to work outside the office at least once a week, wherever they could be most creative and most productive. So people would go to the art museum or their favorite coffee shop or work from home. So we thankfully have all the tools in place that you don't have to physically be in the office to work every day. Uh, We do have two people who work remotely. I have one person in um, Chicago and one person in Pittsburgh. But even that experience of working remotely when and where you want is very different than where we are now. Yeah. Well, so tell me about when things started to change. When did you realize, oh my God, this is going to be totally different? Yeah, it was interesting for us because it was starting to impact a lot of our clients, especially if they have, you know, supply chain issues um, or if they're bringing product in from overseas. So we were starting to get kind of early warnings that this was going to be bigger than maybe we originally thought at the onset. Um, But then we decided um, basically that we were going to follow the school's lead. So Mm -hmm. when the schools decided that they were going to close for a period of time, then we decided also that we were going to close for that same period of time. So I think the order came out like on that Thursday. So we told everybody, come to the office on Friday, get whatever you get, all the post-it notes and pens and office supplies and take your monitor stand and whatever you need, take it home with you. And then starting that Monday then we've been work from home since then. Got it. And so did having kind of that existing flexible schedule where people could work remote, did that make that an easier shift for y'all? I think so because we've got, you know, everything is on Dropbox. We're using Slack already. We've got project management tools in place so that we don't have to physically be together all day, every day to be efficient and get our job done. So I do think it helped make the transition um, a little bit easier. But there is a difference. I mean, we've, you know, I've got a lot of creative extroverts who work for me. And so they're very used to getting energy from being around other people. So, you know, in, in some hands, it's, it's made the transition easy. But I think there are other pieces of the transition that there's just no way you could have prepared for. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So what are you doing to help those people who, you know, need that connection? Are you guys doing a, a daily video check and just talk through the logistics? So we've got um, our team meetings, like our all team meetings are still Monday and Friday. 
Then we've got subsets of teams that are meeting every day. Um, we do a lot of media relations work and, and there's a lot of news happening right now. So we have a morning meeting talking about, okay, what is the news cycle? What do we think is gonna be covered today so that the media team can be meeting? Um, our social, we do a lot of social media management. Those teams are in constant communication because so much of what is happening then is impacting what and how and when our clients wanna be showing up online. So in their individual teams, I think they're doing a lot of video conversations. And then we've, you know, we've had a fair amount of Gavin happy hours on Zoom. Um, we started doing Wellness Wednesday. So every Wednesday we send out an email that has just links to inspirational things we saw on Instagram or podcasts we heard or music that can help you focus, just different things to help people take care of their physical and mental health in this mm -hmm. trying time. So we've added some new things along the way to help people stay connected. We've done kind of some kind of surprise and delight things. So for teams that we know are working extra hard right now, we've Venmoed them money. You know, normally I would like pay for lunch if everybody was in the office and we're all yeah. running around. Busy. So I Venmoed them money so that they could buy themselves if they wanted to buy lunch or if they wanted to have beer delivered or whatever they wanted to do. Um, we've had drinks delivered to clients as a, or to, to our team as a surprise. We've sent different little kind of gifts and packages and stuff. So just trying to help create those moments of connection and helping people feel like they're supported, even though we're not all physically together. Tell me a little bit about the types of clients that you work with typically. And, you know, I know the first week or so, especially when before the world was totally different, and I think some of this became moot, there were a lot of questions in the PR world about, do I still run this campaign that we were still planning to do? Am I still pitching kind of normal stories? Uh, <laughs> do you have clients that you've had to totally change things for, or how have you approached that? I mean, I think at this point, everybody's Q2 marketing plan needed to be completely retooled. Our work, a lot of the work that we were doing went from kind of normal, proactive outreach around thought leadership and product features and that kind of stuff. At one point, we were doing crisis and issues management communication for 33 clients at the same time. Yeah. While we have always done crisis communication, we've never had to do it for 33 clients at the same time. So that was, you know, that was a huge change. Um, you know, so just working with our clients, helping them understand like, this moment in time is truly as much of a cliche as it is now. It's truly unprecedented. And that means you have to think about your communication completely differently. So we helped clients with a lot of that initial, like how do we get through this world is changing. And now it's a little bit of, okay, now this is the new norm and the new reality. So how do we evolve our communication so that it's appropriate and relevant and, and culturally sensitive to what's going on in this world? Yeah. And what's then some of the advice that you've been giving on that? What are some best practices? Yeah. So we have a number of clients where they fit into the news cycle. So obviously you have to be very careful about how you do that, but Wolf's Ridge is a client of ours and they were, I think one of the first breweries or the first brewery to get the online ordering piece up and running. So as soon as that order came down from the governor that Sunday, we were reaching out to media business for, you know, we were talking with Dan um, at business first and reaching out. We had a TV station there that afternoon. So trying to help our clients figure out where in the news cycle might you fit in. We've got a couple clients that are focused on um, in the senior living space. And obviously with nursing, you know, the rules around visitation that has changed a lot. So there are ways that our clients can fit into that. But then at the same time, we've got other clients where 
it, they just don't fit at the moment. And so they need to take a step back and rethink about what they're doing. And a lot of clients right now are spending some time looking at, okay, what is our content strategy? Can we get a library of content created so that when we are ready to emerge, we can hit the ground running. So it's really very customized by client. Mm -hmm. Our clients are this interesting mix of everything from startups and emerging brands and nonprofits to fortune 200 companies. We work with a, with a number of clients in and around the healthcare space. So obviously those clients have been very busy lately. It's all hands on deck right now across the board for all of our clients, just trying to figure out how we can be the best partner to them as they try to navigate what they need to figure out to keep their business moving forward. Mm -hmm. Have you heard from clients who are you know, either because they've had to, to close um, and therefore, you know, running short on revenue or just concern that we're going into a recession that are just not able to spend on PR right now. And is that scary for you? <laughs> uh, it's interesting. So I started Gavin in 2009. So kind of at the height of the last recession, but then it was just me and my dining room and we were a tiny little company. So it was very different than the world that I'm living in right now. Um, I think I've spent more time talking to my accountant and lawyers and, and looking at spreadsheets in the last couple of weeks than I would ever have thought I would have needed to spend on a normal day. So we have had, I think across the board, this is true in the agency world, but we've had a couple clients who have had to pause their retainers or pause their contracts. And we understand that, you know, if, if the choice is, um, you know, if you're looking at how do we keep our people employed or pay outside consultants, we get that sometimes there are hard choices that need to be made. I think we're really fortunate that we've only had, I think at this point, like two or three contracts that have just all together fallen by the wayside, which is from what I understand, very different than what a lot of other agencies are experiencing right now. So I think it benefits, we have, it, it benefits us that we're able to be very nimble with our clients that if they need crisis communication help, we can jump in very quickly and do that. We can do the PR support that they need. If they need help with social media, we can do that. We've evolved our scopes for a number of clients. So first we have a client in the travel industry, obviously not a lot of travel happening these days. Um, and this is a national client they've got, they're in, I think they operate in 30 some odd cities. And so instead of our efforts, just focusing on kind of our normal PR and social media, that isn't always relevant right now. We've shifted our social media has become more of a customer service focus. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the time that we have available, we're doing insights reporting. So we're monitoring conversations about travel online and then providing them with weekly reports just so that they have more data at their fingertips as they think about decision-making for the business as a whole. So I think our ability to quickly pivot what we're doing for clients has then helped us stay as a valuable partner for them. Can you talk a little bit more about you know, having been a founder, uh, as the recession was happening, what, what lessons from that experience are you applying to today? It was so different then because I was just getting up and start, you know, just starting and I didn't have this defined list of services and I didn't have this defined list of clients. And so I think that that has been helpful for me in knowing that we need to be flexible right now. I think maybe less about what we learned then, but more what I'm finding to work now is just doubling down on what it is that we know works and tr not trying, we're not trying to be somebody completely different than who we are, but we are very focused on what historically has worked well for us in terms of client retention and new business and how can we do even more of that? So we have always done a lot in the nonprofit 
sector. We have a, we do a lot of pro bono work. We, you know, try and be helpful to nonprofits as much as we can. The word Gabin means to give in German specifically because I believe so strongly in the power of nonprofits in the community and businesses need to give back. So we have launched a couple different things to help nonprofits. Um, we're doing we have a pro bono consulting program called Gebin Gives where we're doing one hour a day, uh, Monday through Thursday. Two of those days I'm doing myself, two of the days I have two other people on my team who are doing them. And any nonprofit can sign up and we will just brainstorm with them for an hour. So we're helping them with messaging, we're helping them think through campaigns, we're helping them. Some of it is just they need some, a communications person at a nonprofit, just needs someone else to talk to who understands what they're working on. And that has been helpful. And while we're doing it just to be helpful, it also has led to a couple different leads and, and new opportunities for paying work. And we've had a couple people say, we can't afford to pay you right now because you know all of our money is going to frontline resources. But when we come out of this, we know there are a couple projects we're gonna need help with and you'll be the first ones we call. So that kind of stuff, we, we're doing it because we wanna be helpful, but I also know that there's a business benefit for us doing that. We're working with a new group service that was put together by the people behind Ambrose and Eve and Make Me Happy, Make Me Happy, helping them get the word out about how they're trying to make sure that restaurant workers can be fed. So trying to be as involved and good community partners as we can while still making sure that obviously we're, we're doing everything we need to do to serve our clients. And then the other piece is for us, it's just from a retention standpoint. So our client retention coming into this, we were having, we were in a space where our client retention is the strongest it's ever been in the 10 year history. And that fuels a lot of our ability to, to stay strong through all of this. So we're really doubling down on how do we make sure that we're doing everything we need to retain the clients that we have, knowing that business development is like a crapshoot right now in a lot yeah. of ways. Like, who knows when everybody's going to be ready to kind of open up the floodgates again and want to talk about what new marketing campaigns and activities or PR programs they could put in place. So retention is really critical. So we have a number of things in place that we have been doing and we're we're preaching about that all the time to our clients right now or to our team right now. Not to be like a downer, but what is, what is kind of the worst case scenario? What keeps you up at night right now? And how do you make yourself feel better about it? I guess. <laughs> so I've spent a lot of time uh, the last couple of years working on meditation and my mindfulness practice, and that has come in really handy. And so I try to stay very focused on what are the things that I can be controlling and I cannot control a global pandemic. All I can control is, are we managing our cash as carefully as possible? Are we trying to do right by the people who work for us? And are we continuing to exceed our clients' expectations? And those three things are really all I can focus on. Mm -hmm. So we've had to make, you know, we've cut expenses a lot in a number of different ways. We've stopped some programs that we were doing. We looked at, you know, office expenses have decreased significantly since we're not in the office. So that was helpful. We did do, we made a couple layoffs, which was hard. We've never had to lay somebody off for financial reasons before, but I thought that making the hard decisions early would mean that I could protect the most amount of Gavin's long-term. Mm -hmm. So he made some hard decisions last week that it was awful and I hated it, but I also feel pretty confident that we can now get through this without having to make any other layoffs. And we've not asked anybody to do salary cuts. How many so, people did you have to lay off? We did three. Okay. And if so, your full staff is how large now? Now we're at like 25 people. Okay. And those were, were those client reps or like office support? Type people. Oh, so one was an internal marketing person, and then two were more junior level. Okay. Got so it. not client facing people. Mm -hmm. 
but you feel like now you think you're kind of short up to to write it out. Yeah, we've got, I have a, a spreadsheet that I call the doomsday forecast, <laughs> which we have gone through and kind of tried to project out, okay, okay, what clients do we think are going to stay? Worst case scenario, which clients do we think are going to drop off? And then we're running a bunch of different financial scenarios based on that. And even, you know, hopefully, you know, this sort of evolves and we all get back to normal in a couple of months. But assuming that even if it takes a little bit longer than what people are predicting, we're okay from a cash flow and a financial standpoint right now. We have a little bit of flexibility if we need it. Um, but I think, you know, as hard as it was to make the, the decision to reduce our staff last week, I also know that that was the right choice that will now enable me to keep the rest of the Gebbins employed and to not have to cut salary or reduce any other benefits. Mm -hmm. As a, uh, communications professional, but also someone, you said you'd never done a layoff before, right? We had had conversations with people where if maybe it wasn't working from a performance standpoint, but I yeah. think that they typically know too, right? Mm -hmm. And so having a performance conversation about this is maybe not quite the right fit is very different than a financial driven conversation. Yeah. What, what advice do you have for anything? A lot of business owners are needing to have those conversations. Yeah, it's hard. So we, um, the way I structured, I did the calls like first thing Monday morning with each one of them individually. Now it was only three people. So we've, we've provided counsel to clients where they've had the layoff or furlough hundreds of people at the same time. Mm -hmm. And obviously you can't do those one-on-one. -on -one. So we were fortunate that I could have one-on-one -on -one conversations with each person. And we offer, you know, I offered to be a reference for them. I had the the information they needed to be able to file for unemployment right away. So I tried to have, be as buttoned up as possible, knowing that it's a scary time for them. And because all three of them, you know, are earlier in their career, so they've never experienced anything like this. So I wanted to make sure I had everything I could to give to them so that they felt like we were trying to do right by them, even as they were sort of on their way out from Gavin. And then with our internal team, I used our Monday morning meeting and got into a lot of detail and a lot of specifics with people about here's the financial reality of what we know. Here are some of the unknowns that we can't control. Here's what cash flow looks like. Here's where our margins are. Here are all the different options we considered. Here I tried to get into a little bit of detail around like the relief packages and the stimulus dollars. So tried to be as transparent as possible as I could with everybody. And I think that that was very helpful for them, for them to, under what I didn't want to have happen was that they would feel like, oh, is this just the first round of layoffs? When is the other shoe going to drop? And so I needed them to understand that we made these hard decisions now so that we don't have to have this conversation again. Let's do it one time and be done. I went into a lot of detail. I'm pretty transparent with the team typically, but I share, I shared a lot of revenue numbers, cash flow numbers, all that kind of stuff with them. And the feedback that I got, so, you know, people reached out afterwards with just notes of appreciation and how much they value working at a company where we're thinking through this so thoughtfully, we're taking the hard steps now to, to make sure we're doing right by them in the long term. Um, I think they appreciate the level of transparency. They've got friends who are working at other places where they're not sharing information. And then that's when the rumor mill gets started. You know, we tell clients all the time, and I think it's good medicine for all business owners in the absence of communication, rumors swirl, right? So especially in a moment like this, where there's so much fear and anxiety and uncertainty, if you're not communicating to your internal audience, they're going to create a narrative in their mind that may or may not actually be based in reality. So having those deep internal conversations are really, really important right now.
Well, and I appreciate you having some of those conversations with us. Anything else kind of on the, I know this is a big question, but on the kind of, you know, crisis management theme of this conversation that you want to, any wisdom you want to impart or anything I didn't ask about that you want to add? I, I think I would just recommend for businesses that they're trying to think this through. People are being pulled in so many different directions right now, and it's hard to know where to start with communication, especially if you're not in the practice of, of regular communication all the time and, and maybe you're trying to figure it out for yourself. Focus on your existing audiences first. So start with your current customers and your internal employees and then go outward from there. So think of it as sort of concentric circles. Think about then your key partners, your referral sources, your prospects. Think about the retention piece is really important. So how do you get a bigger piece of a smaller pie. Um, retention's key to that. So I would just make sure that you're not forgetting those existing audiences while you're trying to chase new audiences out of fear, you know, being driven by fear. Well, thank you so much. 